You've tuned in to the Bellingham Podcast for the week of April 14, 2019. This is episode actually 114. It really is. From that city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barce. And straight out of 98226, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, hey, guess what? I don't have a clever hook this time. We're actually going to jump right into this very important interview. So stick around. Let's start the party. This is the Bellingham Podcast. Well, April showers bring May flowers. How are you doing, Chris? I am waterlogged. How about yourself, AJ? I'm a little bit wet behind the ears, but hey, we have a show where you did an interview. Uh, yes, I got on the stick again a, a, a few episodes ago uh, before the Analog Explorer miniseries. I had the opportunity to interview uh, Miss Moonwater, who's the executive director of the Wacom Dispute Resolution Center here in town. And Boy, howdy, lightning strikes twice. I got an opportunity to interview another fabulous executive director of a worthy nonprofit here in Bellingham. Uh, I had a conversation with Hans Erchinger Davis, who is the executive director for the Lighthouse Mission Ministries here in town. Um, it's not just that big building uh, on the corner of F Street and Holly. There are so much more. Uh, there's so much more to the mi- ministry uh, than uh, just that building. And, and as we'll see in the interview, Hans. Uh, talks a lot about all the work that they're doing to help out our folks in Whatcom County. Um, I had a great interview with Hans and, and AJ. I want you to pay attention towards the end of our chat. Uh, you and he are kindred spirits when it comes to the world of Java. Oh, really? That He codes and programs and, 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 and does geeky stuff too? No, what? different. Uh, the typical kind of Java that most oh, of us are used to. caffeine. Coffee, yes. You should have seen the coffee-making contraption, and that's the only word I could use to describe. Great Scott! Uh, yes. Uh, in his office, this he knows his coffee. He knows a cup of Joe. So anyway, that'll be towards the the latter part of our interview. Um, afterwards, we went to have lunch at Hana Teriyaki because uh, it's nearby, and uh, spicy chicken teriyaki is my love language. But anyway, I learned he's a fourth generation Bellinghamster. So hey, local by local, g- grown up here in Bellingham. And uh, a little known fact that I learned that we may not. Uh, touch too much on in the interview, Hans produced a documentary about the Lummi tribe and the Native American response to 9-11. Oh, cool. Uh, This documentary that he produced had a pretty successful run and peep this, is currently archived at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. Thank you very much. Very groovy. So anyway, great interview. Y'all strap in. This is going to be fun uh, and it's going to be very important. Uh, A lot of great information being said here. So with that in mind, Let's join the conversation with Lighthouse Mission Ministries Executive Director, Hans Erchinger Davis. Well, Hans, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you very much for taking some time to join us on the Bellingham Podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. I gave a little bit of an intro uh, before this interview uh, in the show, and I, w- I was just curious, in your perspective, what are some misconceptions that you may have heard people mention about the Lighthouse Mission Ministries and the work you and your wonderful staff do? Uh, misconceptions that I've, I've heard, and I've heard from a variety of perspectives. Uh, so from people on the streets all the way to folks that are movers and shakers in the community. And some of the stuff I've heard on the street is that it's this kind of militaristic environment where you have to follow all these rules. And uh, we have a lot of different programs going on and different programs addressing various stages of recovery a person might be in, of total life recovery. And uh, so some of the programs that are higher up have greater expectations uh, of the folks that are there. But, for example, our drop-in center, our Street Connect, I mean, Street Connect has no... 
there's, we're just it's full on grace, just giving away stuff uh, that are you know real basic needed things for people on the streets. Uh, but our drop-in center as well, it's considered a easy access, or some people call it a low barrier kind of shelter. And so people can come in, and we don't require a whole lot of you to come in the doors. And so that that idea that it's militaristic is pretty pretty feeble uh, kind of thing. I also hear a misconception on the street sometimes that that uh, typically it's people that are flying a sign, that's mm. what they call it, yes. traditionally known as panhandlers. Uh, I'll, I'll say, hey, how come you don't come down to the drop-in center? And they'll say, oh, they make me go to church there. <laughs> and uh, it's like, well, we certainly have religious activities very available for people. Uh, a lot of people are really wrestling with issues of identity and issues of, of calling and what they're to do with this life, uh, which require, I believe, spiritual answers. Um, we don't require any sort of religious activity of anyone that comes in our doors. And, and typically it's being said as a way to s- sympathize and, and really have, uh, you give money, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, yep. at the end of the day. And, uh, and I'm like, I work there. I know that's not the case. And they usually smile and say, okay, I know, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So I enjoyed reading the history of the Lighthouse Mission on your website. And I got to be nerdy for a second. Sure. Uh, I really like the layout of the website and how the content is easy to read. So whomever is responsible for maintaining that, <laughs> yeah. they get my thumbs up for that. But... Uh, the Lighthouse Mission is not just that big building that people might see on the corner of F Street and Holly at a stoplight. There's also the Agape Home for Women and Children. Mm-hmm. There's also the New Life Center and the Drop-In Center, like you mentioned. Um, and if my research on your website was successful, there's also the Agape Child Care Center. That's right. How are these locations doing as far as integrating the work that the mission is uh, in your mission's mission? Well, we, we call it basically a continuum of care. So we have everything from on-the-street outreach to the easy access of the drop-in center, and from there, access into our Ascent program, which is in the main mission building, or access into our Agape Home program. And those are recovery-based programs for folks wrestling with everything under the sun that they might be wrestling with. Uh, As well, we have our New Life Center, which is a higher stage uh, program that allows folks who get really serious about uh, wanting to get better for the long haul, uh, that want to put the effort in up to a year-long type program, uh, those folks go there. And it's a, that's, that's the one program that does have a religious requirement uh, in that you do have to attend a church of your choice. And uh, we see a lot of fruit, a lot of traction come out of that program where people really get healed up for the long haul. We also have our transitional housing, which is in that New Life Center as well. The convenience of being all in this neighborhood, though, uh, we have these four facilities that you mentioned, uh, and they're all near each other. It means we have one industrial kitchen that serves them all. Uh, Uh That's a real good thing for us. It also allows people that are coming in on the entry uh, to get a taste of, of what's possible in the other programs that are meeting people at those higher stages of recovery. And that's really helpful for people to garner that sense of hope that there's real potential. As well, a lot of those folks that are in those higher level programs, they're working around the mission, part of their work therapy, uh, part of learning how to you know, be really responsible and, and, and all that, but they're can, and also giving back uh, to their recovery in a sense, owning their recovery that way by giving back. And that's really great for people that are just coming in the doors to see that as well and be like, oh man, I used to use with that guy in the camps and uh, and look where he's at today. If that guy can do it, maybe I can do it too. It's not, it, it sounds like it's not just a bed and some food uh, no. for a, a, a stereotype or a, a, a misconception, but there's actually a partnership that's going on where people are, take, guests are taking an active part 
in the mission success. Yeah, they are absolutely. And that's actually another yeah, misconception that it's just three hots in a cot mm-hmm. or that people are just getting warehoused. I have heard that in the community before. And my encouragement is to come down and actually see the programs mm-hmm. and what they're doing because when you see it for yourself, you realize, oh, this is actually a pretty sophisticated response to, to some of these needs here. And there's a, a wide variety of, of interventions that are available really to address people wherever they're at. And we really treat people as unique individuals that have different things that have brought them here. Some things are pretty universal, but, but really different things in wanting to offer supports that, that meet them where they're at specifically and, and are able to help them move along at a pace that they can handle as well. We're not expecting people to come out at the other end, uh, you know, pillars in the community just yet. Uh, they're on their way, absolutely. Sure. But, but um, we really try to be sensitive to people's pace. Very good, very good. So um, I'm seeing a couple mobile units out around town. And yeah. one of them you mentioned was the Street Connect van. Yeah. Uh, and But most recently, I've seen a Shower Connect trailer uh, unit. Can you yeah. tell us more about these two mobile uh, services and, and how they're helping uh, your mission? They, uh, I got to say, one of the challenges we were facing was some of those misconceptions outside uh, and people that are on the streets. Uh, feeling people that may have in the past uh, gotten themselves in some serious trouble. Maybe they did some violence or they were dealing drugs or something like that and they got the boot. Uh, feeling like they couldn't, could never come back. And this is us trying to say, no, we want you here. We, maybe you need a safety plan to get back in the doors. That's fine, but we want you here. And that personal invitation from the mission oftentimes dispelled a lot of people's shame that they carried over it too. They didn't want to come back because they felt so bad, but they just needed that personal invitation. And, and for us, relationship is key. You have to just to know someone to begin with, to know it's going to be a helpful intervention, um, but also to cultivate that sense of trust that's so necessary. So many of our, our folks are wrestling with with just surviving and being on the streets and just working with what's in front of you and, and having a, a real kind of disillusionment with authority figures and things like that and not being able to trust because you've been hurt so bad in the past and really dispelling those things and saying no man we're here to be friends with you (laughs) friendship rules the day at the mission we want to make sure that people are feel welcome and wanted and that they have something to offer and that uh, we that there's trust there and when that trust is there, people begin to let their guard down and can be honest with their challenges and say, you know what, man, I messed up last night. I smoked meth. Let's work on that, mm-hmm. right? Versus the attitude that says, oh, no, I can't tell the mission. They'll kick me out if, I, you know, if I'm honest about things. Well, how are you going to heal if you can't be honest and vulnerable? And so we try to create a healing environment where that vulnerability can, can uh, be rewarded uh, with real help. Awesome. Um, so as a nonprofit here in yeah. Bellingham, uh, you recently had an annual Light in the Night Gala yeah. uh, benefit for the Lighthouse Mission Ministries. How did that go? It went exceptional. I was so pleased. The, the team we have, our, our donor development team that just went to town uh, making it a beautiful night, as well as the stories that got shared that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did some videos of, of testimonials of lives that have been changed and the impact. We had one testimonial of, a, of some parents whose son had passed away in their homelessness and just tore your heart out. But you see the complexity of people in that, and it deepens the, the reality and the kind of the core issues that are driving homelessness. 
uh, you, you see it and you see how the impact isn't just on the individual it's on a whole community especially loved ones of that person excellent how yeah. long is that uh, annual gala been uh, going on that was our third third one all right third Very one good. yeah so still kind of new uh, and, and some of the kinks are still getting worked out but but uh, yeah I'm, I'm so pleased with that and, and we raised $147,000 well, that night that's fabulous <laughs> I yeah. know continued I know. success with that thank you so with all the work that you and your staff are currently involved in what's on tap for the mission this spring and summer season now that we're starting to and i don't want to jinx anything defrost here in <laughs> yeah. bellingham and whatcom county well yeah we had we had a pretty wild winter here, oh yeah i can uh, imagine in terms of the severity and the, the the temperatures and the snow and everything uh now it's kind of the time to breathe for us uh but at the same time though even the weather hasn't been that bad lately uh and we're still full in fact we just had a couple nights ago, we had to turn someone away due to capacity. And we've been priding ourselves in the last couple of years being able to accommodate everybody that comes in our doors. And uh, and it's it's a worry for me seeing that. Uh, and, and the reality is homelessness has grown 10% a year every year the last four or five years now. And that trend will likely continue. And we've been hitting our capacity this last winter. And so I worry for the future. Uh, one of the things that we're working really hard on is still trying to find a site mm. uh, to be able to to build a, a larger facility to accommodate our drop-in center guests. That drop-in center's got about three years left on an emergency permit that it operates from. Uh, we need to find a spot for that. We've got some ideas in the works, uh, but nothing, nothing, no contracts have been signed yet. And so okay. uh, my hope is that by this spring and summer, something will be in place where we can start the, the process and the fundraising necessary to build a new facility. Uh, that's one of the things we're looking at. We also want to augment our outreach with a shower trailer. Not, I'm sorry, not a shower trailer, a laundry trailer. A laundry trailer, okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that. So it'll, it'll go with a shower trailer out to different locate the locations we have around town. Right now we're partnering with a number of churches that are hosting the shower trailer, as well as our own parking lot here at the Mission. Uh, one day a week. And... and uh, the idea of a laundry trailer is, or laundry truck is that when someone's taking a shower, they can get their laundry done at the same time. Hmm. So they're not having to just cycle through clothes all the time. And uh, that, one, saves the environment of a lot of tossed clothes. Sometimes you see it at homeless camps, a lot of trash all around and clothes and things like that. When people's clothes get too rough, they just toss them because they don't, they don't have a chance to launder them necessarily. Sure. And uh, this allows people to actually wear clothes they like and keep, and, and they can get it laundered, and you can feel fresh. And when you take your shower, you're not stepping into an old pair of jeans uh, that are pretty worn out. They can, they can be nicely clean jeans for you. Another, another step for us to cultivate that sense of relationship on the street. So when people are motivated and, and do want to enter into our services in a deeper way, we're the first people they call. Okay. So now with the, with the Shower Connect trailer, this is, a, this is an intriguing one for me personally. Yeah. Um, I haven't stepped foot inside. Could you help me visualize what, uh, what, uh, what someone might experience when they uh, arrive and they're, they're able to, the doors open for them and they're able to yeah. use the Shower Connect trailer? So the, the Shower trailer, we had it custom built out in the Midwest and, and shipped out here. It's a really nice uh, setup kind of trailer inside. There's two, two separate units on one trailer, uh, and each unit hosts a, a stand-up shower and a toilet and a sink. And uh, the water is piping hot, especially really nice, actually, in the wintertime when we Absolutely. had it operating because people are so cold, you know, and just a nice hot shower is just beautiful uh, for somebody. And... Uh, 
So you you step in. It's clean. Uh, you've got about I think twenty minutes uh, to do what you need to do, and take your shower and then step out. We've got uh, staff or we have volunteers that are timing that just to give you a quick knock. Say hey, times mm-hmm. you got five minutes left or something, and uh, and people. We've never had a problem yet with people not respecting the time limit. Uh, and and you typically what you do is you just walk up and you sign up. Uh, and sometimes there's people in front of you. It just depends. Uh, we do probably 20 showers in a, in a three-hour sitting, something like that. 20 showers yeah. in three hours. Yeah. That's impressive. It is pretty impressive. And uh, people just feel so good coming out clean. I mean, you can imagine if you're on the street and... Or you're riding the bus, for example, and you haven't showered in days, and, and people are smelling you and not wanting to be near you. And how, what that does to a person's sense of self-esteem and uh, the lack of dignity that feels to not be clean. And, and now here's a real option for you to get clean. And it's just a gift, right? And uh, so you walk up you, to the shower trailer. You see some smiling faces there to greet you. They give you some hot cider. Uh, you you can store your stuff with, with them while you step in. You take your shower. Uh, we try to be careful or recognize that people sometimes have addiction issues going on. And, and so we ask they step in just with the clothes and the, the towel and the toiletries that they step in with. And so we'll, we'll store their stuff so no drug use is occurring. And... Uh, we really, uh, you see people coming out and they're all smiles. It feels so good. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's great. Um, you kind of alluded to kind of a, a, a short-term uh, aspirations on what, what's coming up. As we're approaching the 2020s, Yeah. Uh, a, a new decade. Uh, oh, my goodness. We're yeah. on the precipice of that. Uh, along with that, we're going to be approaching the centennial anniversary of the Lighthouse Mission, That's if I right. recall correctly. 1924 is when it arrived here in Bellingham? 1923. 1923, my mistake. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, uh, thinking three years, five years down the line, where do you see Lighthouse Mission Ministries progressing? I see, well, you know, it's interesting kind of needs are always changing when it comes to homelessness. I mean, you have your traditional needs that are pretty pretty common. You know, someone might be wrestling with alcoholism or, or different things. Uh, but, but what we're seeing a lot more now, and I anticipate this in the future as well, we're seeing a lot more senior citizens experiencing homelessness. Mm. We're seeing a lot more medically fragile people experiencing homelessness. Uh, we're seeing a lot more younger people experiencing homelessness. And we have to continually be adapting to, to be as responsive as we feel called to be to these changing needs. So what, is it, what does it look like in the next decade or so? Uh, you know, it's hard to look at the crystal ball on that sometimes. Um, I do believe, I know, I know as the need grows in Bellingham, as it does the whole West Coast of the United States, uh, we need to have more capacity to, to get more people in the doors and to give them the real help that they need. Um, that's our number one priority right now. I see that being realized here in the uh, the short future, uh, as that as the decade continues on. Uh, frankly, I do see a lot more people that are probably going to be younger experiencing homelessness. Um, you know, one of the things I often say uh, is that homelessness doesn't doesn't come due to lack of resources or lost resources. Homelessness happens due to a lack of relationships. And or a loss of relationships. You don't have family you can stay with anymore. You don't have uh, uh, friends you can couch surf with anymore. Things that kind of break down those relational bonds. 
Well, I've, I've seen some of that happening already in young people today with, with social media and, and not being able to communicate with body language and things like that. And so I worry for the future, frankly, that some of those things might drive more homelessness as, as people lose those support networks around them because uh, they were never made in the first place with, with some of the, the challenges our young people face. Uh-huh. So, you know, who knows what the next decade exactly. holds. Uh, but... Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be out of a job. I think I think the need continues and will continue for some time to come. It's a it's a sobering uh, thought, definitely. But uh, for someone who's listening and may not be familiar with the Lighthouse Mission, uh, if they are compelled or felt led to help in some way, for someone that is not aware, how what would you uh, what would you suggest to someone brand new to wanting to help if they th- their heart is there, they want to be yeah. able to help out somehow? What would you suggest? You know, one of the one of the most important things I find is when people encounter other folks that are experiencing homelessness in person. They see it up front. It's no longer just an idea, uh, right? It's not this ethereal kind of like concept of, oh, how do you solve homelessness? Now you see a real person in front of you. So any kind of volunteering that a person can do. Mm-hmm. And my, my first recommendation is go out on our Street Connect van rides. We do them four nights a week. Uh, and we can take up to 12 volunteers. Hmm. If you're with a, a, a business and you want to do it as a, as, a, as a bonding experience for you and your coworkers, if you're part of a church community or any faith community that wants to experience uh, and see firsthand where the camps are and what's going on, and you get to be the one that passes out hot, hot cider and, and passes out toiletry kits and blankets and things like that, if you want to do that sort of thing and experience and see what's going on, uh, that's one of the best ways to get involved. And it's really easy. You just sign up on our website. Excellent. Sounds great. So um, so I know a guy who knows a guy uh-huh. that told me that you are a coffee aficionado. Oh, yes, it's true. I am. So as we're sitting in your office here, uh, uh, Hans, I'm looking over to my left. For those of you that, you know, this is audio recording, so they uh-huh. can't picture what I'm seeing. And I'm seeing a contraption that I would describe very similar to Doc Brown's uh, area in Back to the Future in yes, some of his laboratory-related sure. uh-huh. stuff. Could you tell me about some of this gear that you're working with and your approach to coffee uh, consumption and making, I guess? Well, I, I became kind of a, a, a nerd when it came to coffee here just in the last few years and, and really fell in love with it. In fact, coffee is interesting. Uh, I think wine has about 40 different aspects to it that, that uh, you can draw out and tasting vanilla has like 40 coffee has 120 okay like there's a lot of sophistication you can do with coffee and so it's an easy thing for me to nerd out on and and it's uh yeah it's, i have a i have a regular pour over uh, coffee apparatus i have a siphon coffee maker that's the one with the, the little glass orb at the base and and that's that's the theater of coffee right there that's one of my most fun ones to the do the theater of coffee <laughs> it is. all right yeah. very good it is um, i have another uh, a lever espresso machine in here that looks like the Tin Man. It's kind of like the La Pavoni ones if people are into that. Okay. And then they have a kind of an industrial grinder. Grinders everything when it comes to coffee. Huh. You get a nice even grind uh, either for your espresso or for your pour over, and that'll improve your coffee flavor by twenty percent just there. Uh, in in that on the lower shelf there, you see I call it the sock pot. It's another kind of pour over thing, and it's the fabric uh, that actually allows the oils to pass through, and that's where your flavor is. The paper filters you still get good flavor. It's usually a thinner cup. 
uh, but you get the full tasting experience in my in my estimation with the sock pot. Uh, that's if I had one day to live, that's the one I'd be. Alrighty then. <laughs> well, um, I, I think uh, hey, coffee podcasters out there, you got your next guest waiting <laughs> for you over here. That's yeah. uh, that's that's some pretty in depth information, uh, most likely. So, uh, pop quiz, Hans. Yeah. What is your favorite restaurant in Bellingham to grab a bite to eat? You know what? My my go-to, especially for myself and my wife, is is the Italian place on State Street. I just uh, Deanna's. Deanna's. Ah, oh, yes. I just love that place. Uh, it's a great great restaurant. Okay, sounds great. Well, um, so as we wrap up, finally, I, a lot of uh, listeners who know me or have, who have listened to me know that I'm someone who enjoys getting away from the screens, the computer screens, yeah. the tele- et cetera, et cetera, and getting away from people because I'm an introvert uh-huh. and I wear that proudly uh, and I, to get some solitude. Yeah. And I know a lot of places around town to uh, get some solitude. Hans, top dog of Lighthouse Mission Ministries. Yeah. Where is your ideal spot in Whatcom County to get away from it all when you need to take a minute to exhale or refresh or simply contemplate? You know, one of my favorite places to go is actually Locust Beach. Locust Beach. Yeah. And uh, I used to get away from work, actually. I've got a, if you look over there, I've got one of those skim boards here in my oh, office. Oh, yes, and, yes, yes. And I'd run down there on a lunch break and just get away and get muddy and have fun skimboarding out on those mud flats down there when the tide was out. And, and that's uh, one of my favorite places in town, kind of a little bit of an unknown sort of place. And you'll see other folks down there sometimes, but you can really kind of have your space to yourself too out there because it's so just wide open. Wonderful. Well, Hans Erchinger Davis, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Continued success with what you and your amazing staff are doing uh, with the Lighthouse Mission Ministries in this year and uh, progressing forward. Thanks for being part of the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Well, now I want to see what's in his office and what's brewing. That was a great interview. Well, you know, uh, it it helps when I have someone like Miss Moonwater and uh, like Mr. Erchinger Davis, who uh, does a great they have so much to tell, and it's yeah. wonderful. Uh, continued success with Lighthouse Mission Ministries, Hans, and all the fabulous staff that are working there. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, you know, take part in your busy schedule to have a conversation and a chat. Uh, y'all, as you are... Okay, so uh, soapbox alert. Here I come, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, as you are driving downtown and as you pass the drop-in center on Holly Street or the Lighthouse Mission or anywhere around town and you, and you see uh, a, a person, some, a person mm-hmm. um, there's a story going on with that person. They matter in this community and they deserve to be heard. And they are brothers and sisters just like us here in Whatcom County. And uh, I want these stories you know, to, to be uh, valid and relevant and heard. Uh, and you know, Lighthouse Mission is doing that. They really value the guests that are there and they value uh, people. And uh, I, I, one thing, I, it's evident that when you listen to Hans speak, he's speaking from his heart, and, and his agenda is focused squarely on the guests of the Lighthouse Mission. Some people have careers where they work at a job for 30 or 40 years. I believe the work that Hans and the staff, the work that they're doing is a calling. Right. And, and how envious am I that, that that work is a calling. So continued success. Uh, great work. Keep up the good stuff. Yeah, no, and it was cool listening to his interview because uh, he, he he and his staff kind of look at 
working with their guests, it, it was cool because he, 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 he called it a partnership. Like they want, they want to work with that person yes. in wherever they're at, however they're at to best serve their needs so that they can get better. And I really like that. Just, it's kind of like a holistic ecosystem of care mm-hmm. um, that they're really trying to foster. And so, so props to props to them, honestly, that's and you know, really cool work. The work that you and I do, AJ, in working on computers, we help make computers better. Yes. Uh, the work that they are doing, they make humans better uh, with the service, <laughs> with the services <laughs> they offer, and and how much they love on and care for uh, th- people. Yeah. And uh, so, let's partner everyone let's partner with the lighthouse mission let's partner with these nonprofits. got a couple more coming up in the hopper y'all uh, <laughs> yeah stay tuned but anyway uh big thanks lighthouse mission ministries thank you for allowing us to uh, uh share the story and uh yeah we should probably wrap this up i think so and that wraps it up for this 114th edition for realsies uh, edition of the bellingham podcast thank you again so much for listening to us rating us reviewing us wherever you like to get our podcast if you're in the bellingham area you remember you might be listening to us over the air on camry 102 3 FM. Low power. Community radio here in the heart of the city of subdued excitement. And on that note, yes, I know that I said 100, this is the 114th episode and I made a mistake the last episode. Sorry, everyone. I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. <laughs> Not as caffeinated as my buddy Coffee. AJ. Coffee? <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Belly Amp Podcast. Hey, everybody liked our coffee song at the end of the last uh, one. I really? Mean, yeah. Is, do we have a hit on our hands? I think we do. Let's go decaf with it next time.